0: Now it's my turn. Yes, at this time, children, kindergarten through fifth grade, you are dismissed with Ms. Jody, Mr. West. Follow them back. Parents, they will come back when we're done. Promise. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, again, I want to welcome those who are watching online. It's good to see you this morning. Uh, students, who had a great time yesterday? Uh, slingshot paintball, who had a great time? I didn't. I didn't, I didn't, I, I realized quickly yesterday that there are not uh, many trees at uh, Brian Foster's house that I fit behind fully, uh, which was not good. We, we actually, we divided into two teams and we were walking to our home base and I looked at one of the students who will remain nameless and said, Michael, if, if you could shoot anyone here today, adult or student, like who would you shoot? And without skipping a beat, he said, you. And he was on my team. And so <laughs> that was fun. We actually had a great time. It was great to see all of our students and the adults that came out, uh, made, made some good memories, and uh, have a few scars to show for it. So uh, we actually had a, we had a great time. So uh, you church family may know that over the course of the last couple of weeks, we have been sharing with you an opportunity uh, that we have been presented with to purchase six and a half acres uh, right over my right shoulder, to your left, right off of Ridge Road. Uh, we shared with you as elders why we believe that this might be God's time for us to move. Uh, we let you know that in order for us to move forward with that land, we needed uh, commitments of $7,500 a month uh, in order to be able to pay for it, uh, which we think is a really good idea. And uh, praise God, over the last couple of weeks, of that $7,500 that uh, we've been praying for, we have uh, commitments of $6,908. Uh, I did not tell the elders that yet, and so they're probably like, is James making up numbers again? No, I'm not. Uh, those were the numbers as of this morning that Seth sent to me. So of the $7,500 in commitments that we need each month, uh, God has provided $6,908. And so we have a little ways to go, but we're giving thanks to God uh, for what he has done already. And so, yes at the applause. Yay, God. Isn't that cool? Uh, Some of you might be wondering, uh, how can we be a part of that? You may remember that today is the deadline that we set out, and so you can uh, be a part of what God is doing in three different ways. You can fill out the the commitment card that is on your table or on your pew or in your rocking chair uh, this morning and place it in the basket on your way out this morning. Uh, If you would rather do something online, there's a QR code on that commitment card. You can just take a picture of it with your phone and it's going to take you to the online commitment form, uh, which is sometimes a little easier for us uh, just to keep track of. Or uh, if you're watching at home, uh, you can go online to our website, ChristPoint.com. Scroll down just a little bit uh, and you'll see where it says CP Land and all the information you need uh, is available for you as well. You can fill out that form uh, online. So it's uh, ChristPoint.com forward slash future home. Forward slash, which is a mouthful, um, but yeah, give give uh, just glory to God, give thanks to God for uh, how He's already worked, how He is moving, and uh, what He'll do in the days ahead. I, I texted a friend uh, this morning um, before I even got those those updated numbers and said, hey, we're about we were about halfway. Uh, halfway there, and, and I said, man, we're praying that God moves and acts and gives us wisdom. And he said, I'm, I'm praying that God may do exceedingly and abundantly more uh, than you could even ever ask or imagine. And so uh, that's been my prayer uh, this morning. And um, so, yay, yay, God. We're excited to see what he does in the days ahead, right? Uh, let's pray and give him thanks. Uh, Lord, we give you thanks for, uh, for the, the good work that you've already done. Uh, How cool is it uh, to see you move in the hearts of your people and for uh, your people uh, to step up and say, yeah, we want to be a part of pointing people to Jesus. Uh, What a great privilege and honor that really is. And so we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing. And we give you thanks for what you will do in the days ahead. God, I pray that you would blow us away uh, for your name's sake. God, as we come to your word this morning, I pray that your spirit would be uh, our teacher and our guide. Um, God, I want to give uh, your people an opportunity to pray and ask that, uh, that you would help them through and by the power of your spirit to receive uh, what you have for them today. And so church family, why don't you just take a moment right now and you, you pray for you. You pray that you would receive from God what he has for you this morning. And if you would be uh, so bold and kind, I pray that you would pray for me, uh, that God would grant to me clarity and wisdom and strength and courage. Would you pray for me? God, we're excited about what you're going to do this morning. Uh, Open our eyes and help us to see, give us ears uh, to hear and hearts to receive what you have for us this morning. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. Uh, We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Uh, Have you or someone you love uh, ever been sick before and you wanted them or you wanted you uh, to be healed? Did you ever face something in your life where you were battling a sickness or a chronic pain? Uh, something that hindered you or disabled you? Something that you struggled with and you wrestled with and you wanted so desperately uh, for God to make you or your loved one well? You ever been there before? Well, what if one day Jesus came to you and offered you Healing? What if Jesus came to you and told you that your sickness, your disability, your chronic illness, your disease, your life-altering condition uh, could be gone? What would you say and what would you do if the offer was on the table? Well, today we get to read a story about a man uh, who was offered healing by Jesus. Uh, the story is recorded for us in John chapter 5, and so if you have your Bibles, turn with me. Uh, John chapter 5, uh, beginning in verse 1, I want to read the story uh, for you, and then I want us to think together about really four observations that we see about the person and work of Jesus, and then one Kind of takeaway or practical application for you and me this morning. So John chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, uh, reads, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, an Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? And the sick man answered, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, uh, take your bed. Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. And afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this is why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I... And working. Uh, sometimes a question that someone asks can reveal more about who they are uh, than even who you are. Uh, I think we can learn more about the character and the person and the work of Jesus uh, from this text than even we can learn about the man who answers Jesus' questions. At Christ's point, we exist to point people to Jesus. Uh, We we want to see and know Jesus. And so this morning I want to make four observations about uh, the character or the person of Jesus and then one application for us, okay? So four observations about Jesus from this story. First, uh, notice that Jesus uh, sees you. Jesus saw the man. It may seem insignificant, but verse 6 of John chapter 5 says, When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, do you want to be healed? Right? So you can imagine the picture. There's a crowd of people and there are many needs in that crowd. Uh, just like there are many needs in this crowd. Right? Maybe this crowd is smaller than that crowd, uh, but but if we were to go around to each person this morning and I were to ask you, what is, what is your need? Something tells me that you would have something At the tip of your tongue to share. Right? All of us have needs. Uh, This particular place where Jesus went, there were a massive amount of needs. Right? People who had uh, conditions and illnesses and disabilities would gather in uh, this place and seek healing. This man, scripture says, was an invalid for 38 years. Think about it. He was disabled for nearly four decades. Four decades. Think about how limiting that must have been uh, for this man. Some of you uh, can probably imagine this. Some of you have dealt with chronic pain or a diagnosis or a life-altering condition. Um, Me, personally, I do not do well with the common cold. If a doctor tells me, listen, it has to run its course, just wait 7 to 10 days, I find myself in the Psalms of Lament crying out to the Lord, how long, O Lord, will You forget me forever? How long will You hide Your face from me? Right. So I don't do sickness well, uh, but, but these people, these people that found themselves at this pool looking for healing, uh, they were in bad shape. This man certainly was. Think about it. Four decades of dependency. Uh, four decades of relying upon someone else. For your most, most basic needs in life, four decades of hardship, uh, four decades of not feeling well, four decades of fading hope. Uh, sometimes when we face sickness or hardship, uh, we can feel forgotten. We believe that somehow God has abandoned us or that He doesn't notice us. His eyes may see other people and other things, but He does not Uh, see us. This man uh, lived with this condition for 38 years, almost four decades. People probably treated him differently. Um, People probably spoke with him uh, differently. People probably wrestled with uh, what to say or what not to say or if they should say anything at all. Maybe you've been there uh, before. If you are in his uh, shoes, then uh, you probably can imagine what it's like uh, to be noticed by all, but seen by none. And he, was, he was the kind of guy that people probably uh, noticed in the distance, but, but didn't stop to really look at and see. But one day, though, uh, Jesus notices him. The text says that Jesus uh, saw him lying there. And when Jesus notices you, when He sees you, um, life changes. It certainly did for this man. Not only did Jesus see him, but Jesus apparently knew about his condition. Jesus knows about your condition. He sees you and He knows about your condition. It says in verse 6, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time. Right, Jesus knows. Right? Jesus knows. This is important to see in the text because a Scripture is pointing to the fact that Jesus is more than a good teacher. Right, He's more than a swell guy. Right? He's more than just simply sharp or a moral guy to look up to. Jesus knows things that other people don't know. And when Jesus saw this man, He knew that he had already been there for a long time. It doesn't mean that he was sitting in that same spot for 38 years. Uh, It means that Jesus knew that this man had come for healing and he had been there a while. Jesus is a knowing Savior. He's a knowing Savior. He knew this man's situation uh, and He knows your situation. Uh, Sometimes you, as you live life, may think that nobody knows what you're going through, um, that your situation is unique, that, that other people don't know what it's like to walk in your shoes, that, that they don't have the experiences that you have, and even though your story is unique and even though your situation is uh, unique, your situation and your story is known by God, and it's known God, your pain, your depression, your loneliness, uh, your despondency, your broken heart, your diagnosis, uh, your cancer, your incurable disease, your anxiety, whatever it is uh, that you are facing, uh, God knows. Jesus knows. He knew uh, what this man was facing uh, and he knows what we are facing. Jesus sees and Jesus knows, uh, and Jesus moves with compassion. Jesus sees, Jesus knows, and Jesus moves with compassion. When Jesus saw him lying there, verse 6 reads, and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Do you want to be well? Like when you think about it, it, I mean it almost sounds... A little bit like a silly question, except for the fact that we know that Jesus doesn't ask silly questions. But, I mean, if that were you, if you're in His shoes, and and you've been there for 38 years, and someone says, hey, do you want to be well? Do you want to be healed? Like, I would think that the answer would be pretty clear. Uh, My father-in-law oftentimes jokes and says, James, there are some things in life that you don't have to pray about. Like, it seems like that would be one of those things. If you were to ask a hungry man if he wanted bread or a poor man if he wanted riches, they probably would go, uh, yes, like, sign me up, I'm in. If I'm this man, if I'm in his sandals, I would think, yes, I want to be well. Isn't that an interesting question? Do do you want to be healed? I mean, I've read this story a hundred times before and I can't quite get over that question. Because it, it seems on one hand obvious to me, and yet I wonder, and this is just me, this isn't hidden in the Greek anywhere, but I'm, I'm, just, like, I'm just wondering if there isn't more below the surface with that question. Like, Do you, do you want to be healed? Because, I don't know, in, in my mind I'm thinking, in a lot of ways, that's a game changer for this guy. Right? His life as he knows it Completely changes, and, and sometimes I wonder when we battle a sickness or an illness. Not not that we, not that we enjoy it or relish it, but there's part of me that wonders if we don't settle into it uh, in, in such a way that it, it almost becomes um, a, a crutch sometimes for how we live. And I don't, I don't, I don't say that. Uh, to to be insensitive in any way or or belittle someone's pain or heartache or hurt. I'm I'm not saying that. Um, It's just easy sometimes to kind of settle into your condition. I remember a number of years ago, I may have shared this once or twice or a hundred times, but I, I tore my ACL. I don't know if you've heard. It's amazing how many sermon illustrations I've been able to get out of tearing my ACL. Uh, but uh, but it, it was crazy because I noticed after I had surgery, you know, they they say that it usually takes you know nine months to like a decade before you can heal fully from ACL surgery, and so for me, I found myself after I had surgery and I was and I was doing rehab. Um, you know people would ask me you know like James are you like are you still exercising are you, you know, are you still going for walks are you still kind of doing what you can can do and there was a time where um, I, I could only answer that question with no and then they would say why not and I would say well I'm 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 lazy or I'm tired or I just don't really want to but I found after I tore my ACL my my answer uh, respond or my answer changed and I would say things like well yeah, I, I haven't worked out uh, recently. And people would say, well, why? Like, why haven't you, you worked out recently? And I would say, well, I, I mean, I have this damaged ligament that had to be replaced with a piece of tendon that was removed from another part of my body and replaced in my left knee. And I found it was kind of like a, a little bit of an ace up my sleeve. <laughs> like, 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 I don't work right anymore. And so I'm not going to move. I would go to uh, physical therapy and uh, my physical therapist would ask me to do things and I would respond by saying, um, do, you, do you want me to do that with my good knee or with my bad knee? And he would say to me, James, um, they're both good. Like you had surgery and you're, you're well now. Well, that was a bit of a game changer for me, even mentally. Uh, to go, no, I, maybe, maybe I don't have the like the ace of my sleeve that I can play. Like maybe God's brought some healing and so I need to push through that. I wonder, and I'm just thinking out loud, and again, this is just, this is just me thinking, but I, but I wonder sometimes if we can't kind of use that, that thing that we're wrestling with almost as a crutch. And, and, and so I wonder if Jesus in some ways isn't saying to this man, hey, do you, like, like, are you ready? for your life to be changed. Because you're not going to hang out at the pool anymore. And so there was this pool that people would would come to and they would seek healing. It's interesting, if you look at John chapter 5, I think it's, as you're reading through, you'll see verse 1, verse 2, verse 3. I think it skips verse 4 and then it goes immediately to verse 5. You notice that? I think it's verse 4. Um, th- there was, in the earliest uh, manuscripts, there's there's not a verse 4 isn't in there, and they think that um, when people were transcribing the, the word, that, that people kind of put in an explanation there so, so, people, so the reader could understand why it was that people were coming to this pool. And the thought was that, that there would be an angel that would come and move the waters of the pool, like stir the waters, and the thought was the first one in the pool is healed. My last one in is, is a rotten egg, right? And so, so Jesus is like, do you want to be well? And, and notice the, the man's response in verse 7. He says, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Right? So Jesus is showing His compassion, I think, in multiple different ways. One is, is he just sees him? He notices him, and he knows his story. He asks him, "Do you want to be healed?" That's compassion. But 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 then, when he says to the man, "Do you want to be healed?" The man responds in a unique way. He doesn't he doesn't demonstrate uh, he doesn't demonstrate faith in Jesus as the healer or as the Messiah. I mean, there's really nothing in the text that would indicate that he does so. Later in the story, when people are like, hey, what happened? It's the Sabbath. Why do you have your mat? He's like, someone healed me. And people are like, who? And he's like, I don't know. I didn't see him. So it's not like this man saw Jesus like the centurion in, in the Gospel of Matthew. Do you remember that story when the centurion uh, came to Jesus and uh, he said, uh, Lord, my servant is lying paralyzed at home suffering terribly. And he said to this man, Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. And, this, and the centurion said to Jesus, I am not worthy to have you come over to my house. He said, just say the word and he will be healed. Like, like when I think of faith, I think of a story like that. Where Jesus is like, bravo. Like, you get it. There, there's nothing on the surface in this text that would indicate that this man who had been in this condition for 38 years had strong faith in Jesus. He just was there and Jesus noticed him. Jesus saw him. And, and Jesus extended compassion uh, toward uh, this man. all oh, the, the power of the spoken Word of God. Oh, the power of the spoken word of God. Jesus simply looked at the man and said, get up, uh, take your bed and walk. And he did. Like, whoa. It's amazing. It's amazing. Jesus just spoke uh, a word and healed uh, this man. Scripture says it was the Sabbath. And so the Jews said to the man who had been healed, it's the Sabbath, it's not lawful. lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered him, the man who healed me, the man who said to me, take up your bed and walk. He's the one who did it. And they asked him, who's the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? It says, now the man who had been healed did not know who it was for Jesus had withdrawn as there was a crowd in the place. Right? So uh, Jesus sees, Jesus knows, uh, Jesus moves with compassion. And this is the fourth observation. uh, Jesus uh, cares more about your spiritual condition than your physical condition. Now, if you read that on the surface, you may push back a little bit and go, wait a second, does Jesus not care about my physical condition or the physical condition of my loved one? And I I say, no, (laughs) I'm not saying that. Jesus cares about our physical bodies. Jesus healed people. He still does heal we, as, as the people of God, have the hope of the resurrection. God will restore and give us new bodies. That is the hope that we have. God cares about our bodies. Uh, but or And I think Jesus cares more about our spiritual condition than only our physical condition. Why do I say that? Look at verse 13. It says, Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, and there was a crowd in the place. And afterward, this is verse 14, Jesus found him in the temple and said, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. What a statement. What? I mean, do you, do you read that and go, what, I mean, what's going on there? Jesus said, Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. What does that mean? What does that mean? Well, it could mean a couple different things. It could mean that this man was sick because of sin. And people thought that. Remember the story in the Old Testament of the blind man where people saw the blind man and they're like, so who sinned, you or your folks? Like, fess up, what did you do? And so some people had that perspective or that idea. So could it mean that? I don't think it does. I think what Jesus is saying to this man is that I've healed you physically, but if you continue to live in sin apart from God, there is something worse uh, that will happen. Jesus is saying to the man, if you don't address the sin problem uh, in your life, something worse is going to happen to you than being an invalid. Physical suffering is not ultimate. Physical suffering stinks man, it stinks. When, you, when your body breaks down and it does not work the way that it is supposed to work, that stinks. Man, it is no good. It's no good. But there is uh, something that is worse. And the thing that is worse is spiritual suffering um, that is separation from God. Remember the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10, verse 28 says, And do not fear those who can kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both body, or both soul and body in hell. I mean, oh, talk about a statement. Jesus cares more about your spiritual heart than he does your physical health. He he cares about your relationship with Him. And oftentimes, God God uses our our sickness or our weakness uh, to draw us to Him. And when that happens, when that happens, that piece, that part, is a really good thing. Right, to, to be rightly related to our Father. To draw near to Him. To be close to Him. To cry out to Him. And, and say what we sung this morning. Lord, I need You. Like I'm, I'm desperate for You. I'm reminded over and over again that every healing that took place in the Bible, um, that person eventually died. Right? So, so our relationship with the Lord, being rightly related to Him, is of the utmost importance. Uh, and, and if our weakness or if our sickness, if our disability or our disease draws us uh, to the Savior, that is a really good thing. And I don't say that flippantly. Um, Jesus sees, Jesus knows, Uh, Jesus moves with compassion, Uh, Jesus cares more even about our spiritual hearts than he does our physical health. Now I said I was going to make four observations and I was going to give you an application, something to take with you and to do. And so I want to give you something to take with you and do. it's In verse 15, 16, and 17, it says, The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath, but Jesus answered them, My Father is working until now, and I am working. There's so much taking place here, right? There's spiritual leaders who are ticked off at Jesus because Jesus is breaking all of the man-made rules that they set out for people to follow and so people are ticked but what's amazing to me verse 15 it just says the man went away and told the jews that it was jesus who had healed him i just thought what an application for us as the people of god to take with us if uh, if jesus if god the father the triune god has healed you spiritually uh, if He's given you life, if He's opened your eyes to the beauty of the Gospel, if you have uh, known and experienced the, the grace and the mercy of God, if you've done that, if you've had that experience, by all means, like just go tell someone. Just go tell someone. I mean, when you think about it, this guy who had been an invalid for 38 years, for almost four decades of his life, And he's like, his buddies see him, and he's walking around with a mat underneath his arms. They're probably going to go, What happened? (laughs) Like, what what did we miss? And he goes, "Uh, Jesus, 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 Jesus healed me. So if what scripture says about us spiritually is true, namely that we were spiritually dead in our trespasses and sins, we were enemies of God and not friends, and he rescued us, and he made us spiritually well, Uh, doesn't it make sense uh, for us to go around and tell just about anyone who would listen, uh, hey, funny story <laughs> but i gotta tell you let me tell you what jesus has done and I, I hope and i pray um, that we as, as a people that christ point church and not just you but me right that we would be the kind of people um, that would tell uh, anyone and everyone who would listen uh, jesus made me well and he has And he has. So praise God. Listen, if you are here this morning and those words sound very religious to you, but you do not know what they mean, I want to let you know that Scripture teaches us that we uh, were born into sin. Our hearts were uh, not interested in the things of God. And God is just. Which means that He doesn't turn a blind eye to our sin. He doesn't simply sweep it under the rug. He doesn't ignore it and go, Ah, no big deal. Let bygones be bygones. um, God addresses uh, our sin problem. He is, he is just. Uh, but He is also gracious and He is merciful. And so He sent His Son, Jesus, fully God and fully man, to come to this earth uh, to, to live a perfect life and to die a sinner's death. Scripture teaches us that Jesus was buried and three days later uh, He rose again, defeating death and offering life uh, to you and to me. Um, by faith, When we trust in him, in Jesus, and his finished work on the cross, uh, God uh, makes us well. Uh, If you've never done that before, uh, then I pray by the power of the spirit of the living God uh, that he would pour faith uh, into your hearts this morning so that you might leave this place and say to anyone and everyone who will listen, God made me well. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you so much. Uh, for the good work that you have done in us as your people. Uh, Lord, thank you for uh, the spiritual healing uh, that you have offered to us. God, thank you for the times uh, when you choose to extend physical healing uh, to people as well. What a, what a gift of common grace and mercy. We give you thanks for that this morning. God, I pray that your spirit would give us courage and boldness to be the kinds of people that you call us to be. I pray that we would have the courage uh, to share uh, the good news with anyone who might listen. God, for those who are far from you this morning, who hear these words, whether it's uh, folks here in the barn or whether uh, it's folks listening and watching at home, I pray that your Spirit would work in their hearts and in their lives, open their eyes to the beauty of your Son, Jesus. Um, God, we love you. We thank you so much for what you're doing in this place. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit. Amen. Uh, Church family, as you leave this morning, I want to invite you to continue to pray uh, that God would continue uh, to provide for us as we move forward in the days ahead. I would love to be able uh, to celebrate with you uh, next week the good work that God has done. So God bless you, and we'll see you next week.